Most Americans want to spend their old age at home. Families, healthcare workers, and the government agree. It's best for elderly people to age in place and avoid institutional care as long as possible. The problem? There's nowhere near enough in-home care aides to take care of all the seniors who need it. The reality and how that could change on today's Story of the Day. Support for Story of the Day comes from the St. Lawrence County Community Development Program, now accepting applications for the Head Start program to prepare children ages 3 to 5 for school, online at slccdp.org slash head dash start. Hey, I'm David Summerstein. It's Tuesday, December 19th. Let's get right to Monica Sandresky's story and what happens when home health care isn't accessible for a family in need. Kate Glenn squats before a makeshift altar in her living room in Saranac Lake. So she uh, she kind of exists here. There's a box of ashes, a bunch of dried lavender, and a bottle of Chanel Number no. 5. When I miss her, I spray it. It smells like her. It's nice, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Glenn recalls the day in 2020 she knew something was wrong with her mom. She was in town for Thanksgiving and had grabbed a towel to rinse off. She was very upset with the water falling down on her. She was, like, scared to get into the shower. And I was like, okay, well, we'll take a bath. Her mom was 72, and she knew she had Alzheimer's, but today was different. She got into the tub and coaxed her mom in with her. It's the first time in my life I'd ever washed my mother's hair or another person's hair. And it was lovely because she really enjoyed it and felt good to take care of my mom. But she also, like, couldn't really do it on her own. What Glenn didn't fully realize then was that she was about to become her mom's full-time caregiver. She needed help, so she called a couple of agencies in town to find a home health aide. Nothing, just wait lists. Her mom's care was up to her. My landlord was really lovely. They fixed up a room for me in the back of the garage so that, you know, I had a room of my own and she could have the bedroom in the house. For seven months, each morning, Glenn poured her mom's coffee and raisin bran and got her dressed. Alzheimer's is strange. You know, some days you're present, some moments you're present, and sometimes you're not. And some days she could put her pants on and some days she couldn't. Glenn taught a few hours at a time at Paul Smith's. She knew her mom was okay if she texted her back. She paid a colleague to take her mom to Nori's and go for walks. These are all things a professional home health aide should do. One evening, her mom started screaming inconsolably, on the floor writhing and talking to people who weren't there. Glenn called 911. I remember feeling sort of a sense of relief at the emergency room because I had somebody else to help me understand what was happening with her in that moment. It was a urinary tract infection. UTIs can trigger delirium for people with Alzheimer's. The months of care were overwhelming her. Glenn couldn't handle it anymore. Her experience is a common one, says Andrea Montgomery. She's the director of the St. Lawrence County Office for the Aging. It's absolutely frustrating to all of us in the field. Every day we're having to deliver that bad news. Oh, I'm sorry, that service doesn't exist for you. And knowing that you may be leaving someone in a situation that isn't necessarily safe for them. Nationwide, hundreds of thousands of older Americans are on wait lists for caregivers. Montgomery's Office for the Aging has a program to pay for in-home care for people who don't qualify for Medicaid and can't afford it on their own. They serve about 60 seniors. There's about that many people on the wait list. 
But the county has 15,000 people over age 70, most of whom would benefit from some kind of in-home care, she says. They'd need to hire thousands of aides willing to work for essentially minimum wage to meet the need. Isaac Jabola-Kerlis is a research analyst at the CUNY School for Labor and Urban Studies. He says the numbers do not add up. Yeah, it's definitely a broken system and one that needs an overhaul, and it needs an overhaul not just at the state level, but at the federal level as well. Actually, there's photos of her everywhere now, I'm realizing. After months of being the primary caregiver for her mom, Kate Glenn moved her into an assisted living facility. I think it was probably one of the last things she could do for me was just to put on a brave face and go into the facility. And I think she knew, you know, that she would probably not be coming out of that facility. But um, I have a lovely video of her, like, waving goodbye to me from her room. You know, when we dropped her off, it felt like a good experience. Glenn went to visit, and she made the most of the time with her mom. They got chocolate ice cream cones, painted their nails bright red, and listened to Tina Turner. But her mom's Alzheimer's was progressing. She was moved into a memory care unit. Glenn says it was overcrowded and understaffed. Her teeth got bad. It wasn't clear if she was eating, and she was over-medicated. Glenn feels like she watched her mom deteriorate. I would have happily paid somebody $4,000 a month to keep her at home, and that would have been much better spent, her money much better spent, and would have lasted a lot longer than paying an assisted living facility to poorly care for her. Glenn says she witnessed staff turnover, cleaned up used adult diapers, and rotting food from under her mom's bed. It kind of took away some of my time with her because it became about how do I navigate this system so that she can have a good death eventually, right? Which is like where this was all going one day. Yeah, it was uh, it was hard and it really shouldn't be that hard. Her mom's delusions became constant. The staff transferred her to the hospital in Plattsburgh, which can happen with challenging patients. She died a month later. Researcher Jabola Carolis says the underlying issue to having enough caregivers for all the seniors who need them is how caregivers are paid. Most in-home care is funded through Medicaid. The Medicaid budget is set each year with money from a general pool that's also paying for education and housing and other competing budget priorities. So it's subject to special interests and politicking from lawmakers. And that is just an unsustainable situation for funding home care services in this country. Many elected leaders recognize that the scale of the problem is too vast for states to manage alone. New York already spends about $4 billion in Medicaid money on home health aides each year. The uh, subcommittee on health of the Senate Finance Committee will come to order. This fall, Democratic Senator Ben Cardin from Maryland convened a bipartisan hearing advocating for seniors to age in place. But the number one challenge, in my view, is the failure of our nation to have a coordinated long-term care strategy. We don't. Medicaid was never designed to be a long-term home care services program, says researcher Jabola Careless. It's an anti-poverty program. But in the absence of any coordinated home care insurance program, what you get is Medicaid struggling to adapt to the increasing need for in-home elder care. Montgomery at the Office for the Aging is impatient. 
you know, we've been expecting this. This isn't news. Our baby boomers, we've known for years what's going to happen, and they haven't put the infrastructure in place. And that's just mind-boggling. In 2021, there was widespread anticipation when President Biden tried to infuse $400 billion for caregivers in the big infrastructure bill. Republicans ultimately shot it down. Researcher Jabola Carolis says sporadic influxes of money like that aren't a sustainable way to fund in-home care for the long term anyway. He suggests a model like Medicare, which is funded consistently through tax contributions. And that is the type of model that we need to move toward for home care if we want to provide access to home care that anyone can access regardless of their income level. And if we want to be able to fund a workforce that provides home care in a way that actually attracts and retains workers. Back in Saranac Lake, Kate Glenn says when her mom was dying in the hospital, she wasn't sure what a good death looked like. That morning, I uh, I went to a local farm over in Plattsburgh, and uh, I picked 200 um, sunflowers and put them in her room along with bunches of dried lavender. I just felt like where you die should be kind of a beautiful place, you know. She put on Tina Turner and handed out pastries for the nurses and thanked them because she knew they had done the best they could. I do feel like I failed her, but that's a a common feeling, I think, amongst caregivers is that you're not doing enough because the truth is you can't do enough. Glenn says the trauma she and her mom experienced wasn't just from the disease, but from a broken health care system struggling under the weight of too much pressure. Monica Sandresky, North Country Public Radio. You can hear part one of Monica's series on home health care on our website, ncpr.org. Music today by Caitlin Scholl of Lake Placid. I'm David Summerstein, North Country Public Radio.